You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code Vox MMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Fighter versus the Writer. I'm your host, as always, Damon Martin. And this week, I am happy to have two guests on the show. Of course, my first guest is uh, all over the headlines these days because she just signed a contract to cross over into All Elite Pro Wrestling. All Elite Wrestling, I should say, to do her pro wrestling debut. Uh, she is also, of course, still under contract with BKFC and a former UFC superstar in her own right. We're going to talk to Paige Van Zandt in just a moment. We're also going to speak to the man who will headline this weekend's UFC Fight Night card in my town, Columbus, Ohio. He takes on Curtis Blades on Saturday. The fight, uh, of course, from the nationwide arena here in Columbus. So uh, looking forward to speaking to Chris Dacus as well. So, Let's just get things rolling. Let's talk first to uh, Paige Van Zandt. Of course, as I said, she's been all over the news lately after she signed a deal to join AEW. So we're going to find out more about that contract, what exactly that entails. This is a long-term deal, short-term deal. Also, what's her future with BKFC? Uh, you know, obviously all she's been doing since leaving the UFC. So we'll kind of touch on all of that as well as her recent, let's say, mishap at the uh, the local airport when she was trying to fly out for an appearance, which is rather hilarious as well. So let's talk right now to Paige Van Zandt. Damon Martin, MMA fighting here with BKFC veteran, UFC veteran, and now AEW superstar Paige Van Zandt. Paige, uh, how are you? Welcome in. Thank you for doing this today. Thank you. Of course. I'm doing really good. I'm in uh, Florida and Miami, so it's it's always a good day here. Yeah, absolutely. Have you, like, do you have room left on your resume at this point? Because I think you just keep adding on new things, like, every time we talk. I know, but no, there is plenty of things I haven't accomplished yet that are still on my bucket list. So, luckily, I get to check one more off. Uh, I feel like I'll check it off after I have my first uh, pro wrestling match. Um, But, yeah, there's still plenty of things that I want to do that I haven't done yet. So, I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So let's start off, of course, with the big news. You signed with AEW. And for anyone that's out there curious, because, of course, you've been making appearances in AEW since last year. But uh, from my understanding, from talking to your management team, this is not like a one-shot deal. This is not you popping in for an appearance or one match. Like, this is a long-term deal with AEW, correct? Oh, it's a long-term partnership, for sure. And this is something that I'm not doing it for uh I guess just to check it off, like the bucket list, just to say that I did it. I want to be a part of their show. I truly do. I love what the AEW does. I had gone to a few shows and I was like, wait, this is like, this is cool. This is amazing. So Dan Lambert had brought me out just to kind of, um, to check it out. And I was like, okay, this is really cool. And then of course I had to jump in there and get his back on a few things. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm meant to be a part of this. So it didn't take long for us to convince the AEW that I should be on their team. 
Yeah. So how did that conversation go? I mean, has this been in the works for a while in terms of like actually inking a deal to join the roster? Is this something that came together pretty quick? Like, how did it come together? Um, It was something I had told my manager, you know, like, hey, these are the things I want to accomplish this year. And this was on the list. And then after Dan had started bringing me out to kind of have his back on a few things um, and make a statement for American Top Team, it, it was a pretty easy conversation. I think both sides were pretty well aware of where I belonged and it was on their roster. So uh, the conversation, honestly, was very easy. It was more just, hey, told the manager, go talk to the owner, tell him I want to be on the roster. Yeah, it's funny. I think we talked years ago about like maybe crossing over and doing some WWE at some point and doing pro wrestling. Uh, but you seem like you're a natural fit. Now, I know it's not easy. Uh, you you have no idea about no. this, but I actually went to pro wrestling school for for several years. You no know, years way. ago, yeah. I train I trained at the right. same I, I trained the same gym as John Moxley, who's in AEW, of course. No um, and and I know it's not easy. Like getting in there, it's nerve wracking. No. It's it's a different feeling, I imagine, than even when you're in there for a fight. Like it's just a different kind of attention. So, but you seem to adapt to it really quickly. Like you went in there and looked like you were having fun. You were doing you you were doing everything great. Like did you did you just kind of immediately like feel like you were you were having a blast doing it oh instantly it was the first moment we showed up to the arena the arena i could feel the energy from the like the fans just how amazing the fans of pro wrestling are they're obsessed with it and i thought that was just the coolest thing to be in front of so much energy people who are so passionate and uh you know pro fighting fans are great but sometimes they can, they love you when you're up and they hate you when you're down. Whereas I feel like the pro wrestling fans, they're in it for the long haul. They're die hard. And I wanted to be a part of it. And, and beyond that, I was just, um, yeah, when I started, you know, started my training and the moves, it was, it, I picked it up quickly. And beyond that, I was having just a lot of fun. Yeah. Now I say this as an absolute compliment to you, Paige, that, you know, I've known you for a lot of years and you were like one of the nicest people ever. You're always so gracious with your time. Every time we've ever talked in person, I know we did a lot of stuff during Dancing with the Stars. Like you were always such yeah. a like gracious and nice person, but you are playing quite a heel in AEW. And boy, I tell you what, it looks like you were having fun doing it because you have really like the stuff you do with Chris Jericho. And of course the stuff you're doing Ty Conti, like, I don't know. Do you like being a heel? Because, uh, I, I like heels. Like I'm a big fan of heels in wrestling. And don't get me wrong, baby faces are great, but you seem like you're loving playing a heel. Well, for me, I don't feel like I'm playing a role at all. I'm going out there. They hired me to be Paige Van Zant, and I feel like I'm just there to make a statement. I'm there to make a statement in the division with all the girls and let them know that I'm, you know, a very high level athlete. Yeah, I'm new to pro wrestling, but I am gonna pick it up quickly. And I, I think that they should be aware that I'm I'm a part of the show now. Yeah, it's funny because I always hear one thing that that I heard early on when I when I talked about doing pro wrestling is they said you know take your personality and kind of amp it up by like ten you know whatever you're you're kind of like you know kind of take it ratchet it up to that next level uh, doing the selfies in the ring when the guys are on the ground getting kicked and like there's a lot of stuff you've done that have been really hilarious uh, and yeah. and I imagine like this is just part of the fun of learning pro wrestling doing all that kind of stuff. Well, for me, you know what, is I feel like my whole career, I've always been on my best behavior. And I do feel like I'm a really good person. I always have the best intentions, but I've always like turned the other cheek. I've always kept my mouth shut when it comes to like the negativity from other fighters, from other fans. And I feel like this is my moment to really become myself and show people my true intentions and my frustrations towards everything. And I get to let my like real emotions out. Whereas um, I think around, especially like fight time, fighters where they're just very like, focused on just get, getting the job done. Whereas now I actually get to show my real, my like personality. And I think that, I think it'll resonate with a lot of people. I'm excited for, to just be able to show more than one side of me. Yeah, absolutely. Now from my understanding, you, did you start your pro wrestling training last week? Is that right? I actually, so I was supposed to start it last week on Monday, but I got this stomach flu so bad. So I actually had my first practice yesterday. Okay. Now you're working with David Heath. Is that right? Is that who, who you're training with? Dan has me set up with, I have his name written down, um, but yes, David Heath. Okay, so for people that don't remember, he was Gangrel in in WWE Gangrel. back in the day. One of the coolest yeah. entrances in WWE history, by the way. He always had such an incredible entrance. Now, you so you're you're, you're starting it now. 
Um, wrestling is a different animal in terms of like, you know, what you put your body through. I mean, uh, you know, when you go in the ring, like everyone has this misconception that the ring's all bouncy and like all this kind of stuff. Like it's a hard ring. There's planks of wood underneath there and steel learning how to take a bump is no joke. Learning how to run the ropes is no joke. I came home with bruises all over my back the first time I had to run ropes. So are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you kind of like, man, I can't wait to experience this. Cause it is a dip like for people like, of course you're a natural athlete, but it is still different than fighting. It's definitely different. I think there is um, a lot of uh, similarities between like pro fighting and pro wrestling, very similar, a lot of the same movements, but I think it's just adapting to um, not like not being too aggressive when I don't need to be. And then also, you know, when I walked into the gym, I, I feel like it's the same when I walk into M any gym at the beginning of my career for pro MMA, walking like, Hey, I'm here to train. And then you get the eye rolls or you get the like, Oh, just like, well, they wouldn't take me seriously that they didn't understand that I was actually like a serious athlete. They just anticipated based on my social media that I was just some diva showing up there to have like my moment in pro wrestling. So all of a sudden, they would, it took me 10, 15 minutes to prove to them that I'm a pretty freaky athlete. I can do a lot of stuff. I'm extremely talented and I'm focused and driven and I want to do it the best possible and I want to get it right. And I'm felt like I'm going to take it extremely seriously. So I could feel the tone in the room, the tone in the room change 15 minutes into like my first training session. And it was like, okay, this is going to be really good. Yeah, it's exciting too because I remember like the first time I did a drop kick and it was like the coolest moment ever. Like when you actually yes. pull it off, when you actually pull off a move. Uh, are you excited for that part? Because again, you gotta you gotta you know learn your repertoire. You gotta learn your moves, uh, mm -hmm. and of course you gotta come up with a finisher at some point. So here's the question, Paige: Have you started to think about what the what the Paige Van Zandt finisher is gonna be? Oh, I have. I've been planning it for a while. I got a few different options in mind, but I know it's going to resonate with all my pro fighting fans. Um, so yeah, people are going to like it. I got a, I got a two or three different options I'm playing with right now. And of course, Dan's been such a great addition to helping me through this journey. He's got some ideas too. So once we come up with it and uh, we're ready to put the moves on, people are going to love it. Now, are you excited for the top rope stuff, like getting up on the ropes and doing like the high flying stuff? Because, of course, you come from a dancing background. So, of course, you're yes. used to acrobatics and things like that. Like, are you excited for that aspect, like jumping over the ropes, doing the top rope stuff? Extremely excited. And I think that's the great thing is I do have a gymnastics and a cheerleading and dance background. So a lot of the fight stuff, the coordination for wrestling I have because of pro fighting, but then the acrobatics of doing the thrilling, like finishing moves come from my dance and gymnastics background. So of course my fear is that I, um, I am kind of a daredevil. So when it comes to like me and my husband, I want to go skydiving. I want to jump off cliffs. I want to do the crazy stuff. So just my, my only fear is that I go and like, commit to I'm like I'm just gonna do it and then I like don't actually train it and know what I'm doing so I need to like take force myself to do things in baby steps but you can guarantee you I'm jumping off the ropes yeah the only piece of it and trust me you have m far more knowledgeable people around you than me but the one piece of advice I would give you because I learned yeah. this really quickly just learn how to take a bump that's the key because when you learn how to take a bump so you don't hurt yourself, like that is like to me the, the biggest thing I ever learned in pro wrestling is look because when you don't fall right, like I remember one time I got dropped on my head. Uh, it's yep. not fun. Uh, it's not enjoyable. But when you learn actually to learn how to take a bump, like you'd be surprised like how much of a difference that makes in your pro wrestling journey because it is a it's a, such a weird thing. Like it's a performance, but it's so physical. It is so physical. And I think that's the great thing about being like a multi-sport athlete. Like I was, I grew up running dirt bikes. I grew up like doing the crazy kid things. And when you jump out of a tree, yeah, you want to learn how you to land and fall correctly. So me eating it on my motorcycle and all the years of crashing things, like learning how to fall and hit the ground. Uh, I feel like I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to prosper in that area. <laughs> Yeah. How crazy is it? How good is it like Dan Lambert doing what he's doing? Like I've known Dan for a long time and I know he's always been a pro wrestling fan, but like when he started doing stuff uh, with TNA and then of course now with AEW, like he's so good on the mic. He is so like talented. Like I thought like when Bobby Lashley went to WWE, I was like, they should have brought in Dan as his manager because you know, Dan is so good on the microphone. Dan, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like, I, like, it's so funny. Like he's like one of the oldest of old school, like MMA guys, 
but he is yep. like truly like an incredible pro wrestling person. It's insane. Dan on the microphone, like you just like everybody in the room just shuts up and listens because you never know what he's going to say. And it's always going to be one of those like drop the mic moments. He's just so it's those guys like it, it makes sense. And because obviously he's extremely successful in business that somebody that, uh, you know, he's just smart. He just can put things together. He's extremely intelligent. So, uh, but to have somebody that's so well-rounded as far as like, uh, life experience to come out and also be able to like have those power moments in front of huge crowds and be so well-spoken. It's, it's absolutely commendable. I mean, I'm excited. That's the one thing I, I need to learn a little bit from him is, you know, how to cut a promo and get people to listen to you. Yeah, I think you got it. I, I tell you, every time we do an interview, like, you know how to cut a promo page. I promise you, you do. Like I said, I was, I was so, I was so, like I said, when you, when you were, cause again, I know how nerve wracking it is when you go in there and you were doing the stuff with Jericho and you were in the ring. I was like, yeah. you're a natural. Like, it's kind of crazy because I don't think people really understand. Like, it's really hard. It's really not easy to go in there and do that. No, it's not. And I think it's just, you know, um, also being ready for all the stuff that comes at you, but I'm excited, you know, and especially that we're like the whole kicking it off with our drama with Jericho with that's not over. He said some stuff to me that I'm ready to come at him for. And uh, there's just such a good dynamic of me in the AEW. And I think I'm going to bring a lot to the table. So I'm excited to see where this all takes me. Yeah. Now, of course, also Austin has been making appearances as well. So now is, is yeah. Austin getting the bug? Is he getting the itch to like want to get in there and do some wrestling as well? I, you know what? I, I didn't think so at first, but then I was told him like, Oh, this is my pro wrestling schedule. These are when I'll be training. He's like, perfect. I'll be there every Monday. <laughs> so he's showing up like every week he wants to train too. They're really excited. And then it's like these moments I'll show up to AEW to, um, you know, to get out there and I'm showing up to the appearances and then you just can't get him out of the ring. Next thing you know, he's jumping on top of people. He's getting in people's faces. Like he, is so talented too. I, I don't know that I keep, I don't know that he'll be able to keep himself away from this. Yeah. Now you just started training. Of course, you're still making regular appearances in AEW. Uh, I yes. know, as you said, you're a bit of a daredevil, so it's going to be hard to hold you back, but how soon would you like to have like your first official match? Of course I want to train. I want to be well-prepared. I definitely want to like honor the sport as much as I can. I know all these people have dedicated their whole lives to it. So I want to give it that proper dedication for the first match, but uh, I guarantee you it's going to be here in the next few months, maybe two months. I'm not entirely sure. Um, it's not going to take me long because as far as, as hard as I'm going to work at this and as much skill as I already bring to the table, I, I really see myself getting out there here in a few months. Yeah. So now, of course, I know that with AEW, everyone has asked you the question, like, what about your fight career? And I know I talked to BKFC right after your deal got signed and they said, we're excited for Paige. We're looking forward to working with her and AEW. I know you're still going to plan on fighting, but, uh, you know, kind of give me a sense of that because again, you do have to put a lot of time into pro wrestling. It's not something you can kind of, for lack of a better word, you can't half-ass it. You can't go out there and, you know, I'm going to be a, you know, a, a 10% pro wrestler. You got to be full-time in it. And of course you're also wanting to fight. So what is your expectation in terms of BKFC in terms of your bare knuckle career? Oh, I'm still bare knuckle boxing. I'm still with BKFC. I'm about to sign a contract extension. Um, of course, I didn't have the greatest success right off the bat, but that just fueled my fire even more. Um, training harder. And I do see a lot of relationship between my training for BKFC and my pro wrestling training. And the great thing is there's 24 hours in a day, and I'm going to use every single hour of that to train for both. The great thing is I do know that um, I've spoken with AEW and BKFC, and they're willing to work together to make me have a successful career and really uh, let me focus on each individual task at hand. So I'll probably have my match for pro wrestling and then I will be bare knuckle boxing this year as well. So a little bit of breaking news there. So you're planning on signing an extension with BKFC. Yes. Yeah. I'm not done yet. And I know people saw me going into it as a terrible career move and there was all the negativity and the shock of me signing with bare knuckle boxing, but yeah, you know what? I, I did go 0-2. I need to come out there, and I need to get some wins under my belt. And those losses, even though, yeah, losing is terrible, it, I still had so much fun. Both of those fights were so much fun, and I, I never once thought about walking away. So it's uh, I would love to sign a contract extension with them. Um, I, I just plan on keep keep going with it. I feel like it's the most brutal, raw form of fighting, and I want to be a part of their show for the long run. 
Yeah, neither, I mean, come on, Paige, let's be honest. Neither one was a bad loss. It wasn't like you went out there and got dominated. Like, both fights you were in and, you know, both went to decision. It wasn't like you didn't yeah. look like you belonged in there. And I, I say this all the time. I mean, some of the best fighters in the world have gone over there, and it's a whole other animal. So uh, it takes yeah. some time to acclimate to it. So, again, you know, it's just a learning curve. But it's cool you're sticking with it because, again, I know you've been huge for them. They've been huge for you. So, it, you know, it sounds like you're 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 committed. Oh, I'm committed 100%. And yeah, you know, I do know is the last two fights that I had for them, they were extremely close, both of them. I do know, for, I, like, looking at it as from an athlete's perspective, I, I did lose two of both of them. I know there was controversy. Some people saying that I won. It was very close. I do see it. I had two losses, but they were extremely close. And I can see my boxing scale better from the first to the second. And what people don't realize is that, like, training my whole career even at team alpha male american top team now my least favorite practice was straight boxing that was one i had to force myself to go to i had to force myself to show up to boxing practice because it took away i felt like was my best weapon was my kicks and my knees kicks knees elbows coming from muay thai that was like the one i was the most class i was most excited to go to so i felt like me signing with bare knuckle boxing it, it forces me to really push through the training sessions and find a new passion for something that I was the hardest for me to really get focused on. So now going to boxing every single day, I know my boxing is just going to get better and better. And I found this new passion for it. And uh, it's the one I, I wanted. I really wanted a challenge and it has proven to give me a challenge, but I'm, I'm still fighting the battle. Yeah. And I know you've said in, in various interviews, and I'm not going to rehash it over and over and over again, but you said that, you know, Hey, you know, you could go back to MMA. It could happen one day. You're not sure, but how awesome is it to have the options? Like you're doing bare knuckle, you're doing AEW. I know you've got your website as well. Like you can do MMA, but you don't have to do MMA, I guess is what I'm getting at. No, I don't have to do MMA at this point in my life. I actually don't have to do anything anymore, but I'm doing all of it because I love it. I, I've been so fortunate enough that I have one of the best management teams in the world. It took me six months after I moved to Florida for them to make me a millionaire. And, and, and since then, it's just fueled my passion to realize that I can just keep training and just keep fighting and I can do absolutely anything I want. They, they made it. So I, I had the opportunity to just do what I want to do. I don't have to put up with the, the unfun things along the journey. I don't have to say yes to everybody to, to scrape by. It's, they changed my life. So I really got to sit down and be like, all right, Paige, what, what do you want to do with your time and with your, your life and your career? And so I'm so fortunate for that with, uh, having that management team on my side. And so now it's, I'm doing exactly what I want to do. I want to fight uh, for AEW. I want to fight for BKFC. The contract is still open-ended. I could still do MMA at the same time. So I love MMA. And I, I know my door is definitely not closed on MMA. But in the same time, my passion really is bare knuckle boxing and pro wrestling right now. It's so funny. We go back a couple of years ago to when you were coming up to the tail end of your UFC career. And we had so many conversations about your contract and the money you were making and just being brutally honest about what you weren't earning as a living as a fighter. Fast forward yeah. to two years later, we talked about your website the last time we did an interview. Yeah, two, we, we talked about your website the last time we did an interview and you said how well that's doing for you. You're not going to, but let me just throw this out there. Pay. If you want, if you said tomorrow, I'm going to retire, I'm done. I'm yeah. walking away. From what you've done on your website, what you've done, could you do that? Could you retire tomorrow and be financially free? I could retire tomorrow, be financially free, and I, my, my kids would be pretty close to being financially free. So wow. it's like, I, I'm fortunate enough, I did build my name up to the point, I know how hard I worked in the UFC, and I know how much dedication I had. I, I did all the appearances that nobody else wanted to do. I traveled the world almost every weekend. I was in a different state doing appearances, and I was fortunate enough. I, I did have that grind mentality to build my name up. I, I did the social media, Dancing with the Stars, really did what I could to build myself as a business and as a brand. So then, you know, when my contract ended with the UFC, I was able to go out there and, and be fortunate enough to sign with BKFC. They offered me a great contract. It opened the doors for all these other things that I wasn't uh, really able to do when I was with the UFC. And of course, I, I love the UFC. I love the organization. There's a reason they're as successful as they are. And there's a reason that they were able to get to this level. They have a well-oiled machine and they're very, very good at it. But I know in my heart that I will never fight for them again just because they just don't pay enough. And it's, you know, I, I don't see the benefit of going back to the UFC right now. 
I, I'm fortunate enough. I built myself up to a specific place and I can take that and use it wherever I go. Yeah. Are you still having fun with your site? I know you, you talked about how much fun you're having with that. And it's been a, I mean, let, let me be honest. It's been a financial, you know, it's been a nice financial boost as well. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, it has. And that's why it was like, Oh, great day to do the interview. I just came from a photo shoot. So I knew I would like, they would have like have my makeup done. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I love doing the fan site stuff. Uh, and at the end of the day, I grew up modeling, dancing, cheerleading, being extremely feminine and girly. And I was away from that for so long fighting when this opportunity came up, I was like, yeah, like I want to go back to being sexy and being a woman and showing my body. And cause I'm so proud of it. And I'm so proud of how I worked. And, uh, I'm just fortunate enough. I have a husband who supports me being doing all the fun, exclusive content sites. He loves it. Um, extra photos for him. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, no, I'm very fortunate. I love what I do. I just, and it, and it just pays homage to like, the supportive fans that I have. I do have so many fans and subscribers that are there just like encouraging me. And it's nice because on the website I have, I can, I talk with everybody every day. That's the one I go on there and I'm actually messaging people back. I, I talk to my fans every day because if they're paying for my time, then they're actual fans and they like support me. Whereas on Instagram, you can't go through my comment section without reading like 10 negative comments about me. Like, the worst of the worst comments on Instagram. So it's a way for me to just stay away from the hate and really just soak up the love and support that I get from my fans. Yeah, that's so awesome. And like I said, it's just, it's so crazy because, and again, this is not me taking a shot at the UFC, but it's so crazy. Like all the opportunities that you've gotten because you're not in the UFC, things like you couldn't do AEW. Like they would not, they just don't allow. And I I understand like that's their business. It's not a knock on them, but all the things you're doing now, like these are things that you couldn't have done in the UFC. So now like you're a millionaire, you didn't do that in the UFC. You got your own site. Couldn't do that in the UFC. You're a BKFC. Couldn't do that in the UFC. Like all the things you're doing is so crazy. Like these are all things that came after the UFC and you found so much success. And it feels like you're just getting started, Paige. I am just getting started. I know I am. And even as successful as I'm sure people see me as, I still, I just feel like along the road, there's things that I could have been started a lot sooner. There's things that are about to start that I haven't yet. And it's just, I'm destined to work hard. I'm destined to be successful. And I just feel like every day is a gift from God to just keep hustling. So you got to use every minute of every day to just be as successful as possible. So, uh, yeah, I've been really lucky. And, um, of course I don't want to just have it be like this huge negative, like, Oh, me leaving the UFC was the changer for my life. Like, yeah, that was one factor. Another factor is moving to Florida, getting with my management team, first year management, Malki Kawa, it was like all those kind of things. There are so many pieces of the puzzle that all happened at the same time. And yeah, the UFC doesn't necessarily allow the contracts to benefit the fighters. It's um, it's business. They want to benefit themselves. That's how they become successful. And I, I get how business works, but I'm in the Paige Van Zant business. So I'm just trying to make as much money as possible while I can. Yeah. Do you, you, you're a pro wrestling person. Have you, do you remember the, uh, I don't know if you heard of or ever watched the guy, Rob Van Dam. Do you remember him? Do you remember that name? Okay. I feel like, I feel like at some point you're going to have to pull it off and just do the I'm PVZ. Like, I feel like that's good. Well, that's my thing. I feel like that, (laughs) who did that first? I think it was Chael Sonnen or it was Daniel Cormier. One of the other two, they're like, it's PVZ. So I swear it came from Chael Sonnen, but I, I love that. Yeah. Uh, last thing before I get you out of here, uh, a funny story you told on, on uh, Twitter the other day about your trip to the airport. And I, so now here's the funny thing about this page. Like we do a lot of interviews and I write a lot of stories on you. So I do like type in your name and I always go to your Wikipedia page, things like that, like looking up records and things like that. I swear to God, everyone's going to not believe me when I say this. I swear to God, I had no idea that story was out there. But when you wrote that, I cracked up laughing, but I did Google it. So I was like, where did this story come from? There is a story out there. I had no idea. Right. There's a story out there. It came up on, uh, I was Googling myself. I think it was, it was on the first page. It may have been the third article down. And of course, I'm sure my parents were like, Paige, like what in the world is going on? So, but no, okay. Uh, where it came from, I was doing just a Q and a with my fans on Instagram. It was like one of those, you ask me anything. So they're asking questions and they asked if there was a sex tape of my husband and I on my fan site. And I basically was like, you know, we, it, my husband and I, we can film ourselves all we want, but uh, he doesn't want to be on the fan site. So they took that as 
page and her husband made a sex <sighs> tape. And it, now there's like people, I'm sure, trying to find this sex tape everywhere. But truth be told, if I were to ever make a sex tape with my husband, the only place you would find it is on my fan site. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was so hilarious. And I got to tell you, like, you, you're so much in the public spotlight, but I'm sure even your face got a little red when they looked that up and there's on Google. That's the, that's the thing that pops up. Oh my gosh. Especially because I'm like so excited. My news just broke about signing with the AEW. So I'm like Googling myself and I'm like, son of a gun. Like, <laughs> really? come on. I'm like, come on guys. <laughs> Uh, I love that you had fun with it though, because I cracked up laughing when I read that the other day. I was like, "Oh my gosh, that is hilarious!" And I, I had, I listen, I did it. I googled it because I was like, "That can't really be right. That can't be because all the other things you've done. How is that the first thing? It was. It really was the first thing." Yep, it was first page <laughs> right there, big bold letters. Um, yeah. Oh, you know, there's times where it's like I want to get frustrated at these journalists that write like, they're like fake stories. Like there's just like you. That's not true that's not real come on do your job but then on the other breath it's like hey publicity baby any publicity is good publicity and you just gotta laugh about it yeah there's a reason see i don't i don't do those stories there's a reason you still return my messages yeah. so that's you know i don't do that well and that's the thing you keep a good rapport with fighters that's why i always answer your texts i have another what <laughs> i just told him i said hey don't abuse i just giving you my phone number but don't abuse it i'll block you again yeah, I don't abuse it. I don't do it. I don't no, do it. No, and the other guy, I'm I'm this close to blocking him again. Oh, man, I tell you, don't abuse it. Well, Paige, uh, thank you as always for the time. Congrats again on the AEW deal. Please, I, I, I've enjoyed, I've had so much fun watching you in AEW. I'm super excited for you to make your debut. Uh, whatever else you got coming up in BKFC. But I, listen, I'm a pro wrestling guy. I'm super excited for you being pro wrestling. I, I love it. I see what you're doing out there, and I cannot wait to see you make your first match, do your first match, uh, have fun with the training. Uh, please tell Austin I said hello, and uh, thank you as always for the time. I really do appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Yep. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down and new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. A big thank you, of course, to Paige Van Zandt for doing the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, You can also check out the video of that interview that's over on MMAfighting.com right now, and you can watch the interview with Paige Van Zandt as well as listen to it here on the podcast. Right now, I'm going to speak to the man who will headline the UFC Fight Night card in Columbus, Ohio this weekend. Uh, It's the first UFC Fight Night card uh, domestically outside of the UFC Apex in two years. Of course, the UFC card in London last weekend was the first one outside of the Apex uh, since the pandemic first started. And this is actually going back to back with two shows that were canceled at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. The UFC was scheduled to go to London in March, it was going to be Leon Edwards against Tyron Woodley. And then the following week was going to be here in Columbus with Francis Ngannou versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike. 
Obviously, that didn't happen. The pandemic happened instead. But two years later, we're back on track. UFC London was last weekend. It was an incredible card. And of course, this weekend, we've got UFC Columbus here in Columbus, Ohio, at the Nationwide Arena, the home of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and now the home once again to the UFC for the first time, if I'm not mistaken, in about 10 years or 11 years since the UFC has actually been here in Columbus. So uh, they've been to Cleveland, they've been to Cincinnati, now they're coming back to Columbus. So let's talk to the man who will headline the main event against Curtis Blades on Saturday night. This is Chris Dacus. Damon Martin MMA fighting back here with one of the top heavyweights in the UFC, and he is going to be headlining the upcoming card at UFC Columbus here in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio. Welcome back, Chris Dacus. Chris, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So are you, uh, I, I got to be honest, are you excited to come to my town? Are you excited to come to Columbus for a main event? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I've never, I've driven through Ohio. I've never really stopped to, to say what's up, but uh, I'm definitely down there to see what's, uh, what's, you know, what it's all about. One state over and you haven't come to Ohio. What is going nope. on, Chris Dacus? <laughs> nope. I, I don't venture out of Philadelphia very much, man. And besides Philadelphia, Vegas, and uh, Flight Island, that's pretty much all I do. Yeah, I've dr- I used to live in Pittsburgh, and I used to drive to Philadelphia, so I know how long of a drive okay. that is getting across Pennsylvania. So I really don't blame yeah. you for that. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a, a long drive. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. So let me ask, because this fight originally we know it was going to be Jan Blahovich and Alexander Rakic. Of course, that one unfortunately fell apart, and then we got the news yep. it was going to be you and Curtis Blades. Um, yep. Like, how how quickly did this fight come together for you in terms of being a main event? Because again, five rounds, no joke, of course, and it's not yeah. really short short notice, but it is only you know six weeks away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was kind of sprung on me. I mean, I've I've been in camp ever since. Not really camp, but I've I've been in training since since the Derek Lewis fight. I took uh, obviously I haven't been taking any kind of uh, head contact of any kind of really sparring or anything like that. I'm still you know doing a lot of uh, ground stuff, a lot of wrestling, a lot of uh, wall work stuff. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like a uh, you know they wanted a, a shorter notice. I, I told them to, to. I asked them to you know, give me a little bit more time just because of uh, my brother's fight and everything like that. Um, but yeah, they, they finally settled on a, on a March 26. So, yeah. Let me ask you about the, the, uh, the head trauma factor, because we do hear yeah. this a lot, you know, when you deal with a knockout, you know, it's part of the sport and we understand yeah. that, but you know, I've heard, and again, there's, there's no right or wrong answer. I mean, I'm sure you remember, yeah. you know, there's, I mean, there's some guys who get, clipped in training and we don't see them for years. I mean, it's just, everybody's yeah. different, but how was it for you coming out of that? Because, uh, you know, again, this is technically going to be about a little over three months, you know, past your last fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm fine. I got clear, getting cleared by, uh, all the, the doctors that I need to get cleared by to make sure that I'm, um, of, uh, you know, good mental, mental health and everything like that. Um, physically. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a precaution that I, I take generally. I just don't like, um, even just sparring, even if like before the Derek Lewis fight, there was just, I, our team, we only spar one day a week. Everything else is like heavy pad sessions, uh, heavy wrestling based. We take uh, head trauma very seriously. Um, we think that obviously you should save the, the number of tickets that, that you can get punched, uh, for the, the stuff that, that really counts, you know, like for, for the fights and stuff like that. We don't want to be weakening any kind of chin or any kind of anything like that in the room when, you know, we're getting paid to, to go do that. So uh, it's definitely a, uh, a major factor on, uh, just the, the gym as a whole. Yeah. I know there's a lot of opinions and I'm not saying anyone is, is right or wrong, but we've heard a yeah. lot of changes in terms of how much hard sparring, you know, a lot of guys and girls are doing these days because yeah. you, know, you hear about all the time, the amount of damage you're taking in the gym, you know, it takes years off your career sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the big thing. Um, however long my career is going to be, I don't want to take any kind of shortcuts off of that career. Like if I'm going to have a, a 10 year career in the UFC with the way I'm going on now, uh, I'll be happy with that. But if I start implementing more sparring days, uh, harder sparring sessions, and that slowly starts going from 10 years or 15 years to now eight years or seven years, I'm not okay with that. It's just, um, you know, I want to be able to have conversations with my kids and my grandkids, hopefully one day. And I don't want to, you know, any kind of uh, long lasting effects. Now, granted, I'm not stupid. I'm not a dumb individual. Things happen in there. Um, I'm trying to shut people's lights off. They're trying to you know, do the same to me. 
And there's obviously going to be some consequences uh, that come along with that. Uh, I'm the type of person I'm okay with those consequences. And, um, you know, I take the necessary precautions, I think, that uh, help will minimize those those risks and rewards. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, before we get into anything else, I know you were also in your brother's corner this past weekend, yeah. a big win for him. It's funny. Every time I talk to Kyle, you have had this conversation several times and he always says, you haven't really seen the real Kyle Daka shit. I haven't quite lived up yeah. to my potential in the octagon. I feel like we saw that on Saturday night. He lived up to his potential dominant performance finish yeah. you know right away i mean you got again i know you guys are you guys are definitely your own you know you are your brother's biggest fan so it had to be good to see yeah. him not only go out there and get that win but get it so impressively absolutely yeah it's uh and to be quite honest with you um the way that his training camp was going and the way that everything was going uh leading up to that fight it honestly didn't matter who was going to be in front of him that night he uh he's really turned the corner in in his training and his preparation and uh He's really coming into his own, and I'm I'm really happy to see that, and really excited about how far he can go, and uh, you know, in the next couple of fights to, to see who the UFC decides to give him. Yeah, what do you think about the new nickname, the Darth Knight? We've been calling for that for years now. <laughs> like he's got he's got six total Darth jokes on his record as a whole, and that's that that was the whole thing behind the the Tony Ferguson name drop uh, post fight interview. He he's calling Tony out because people call Tony the the Darce Knight because of the key has the most Darce shows in UFC history, him or uh, Vicente Luque. So I think it's uh, it's definitely something that he can attain, and uh, it, it's definitely pretty cool. Yeah. Did you see the, the news from Jamie Pickett afterwards about when he tapped out? Did you see this? Yeah, he was saying about how he almost bit his tongue off. Yeah, yeah how crazy is that? Talk about the pressure you're putting on somebody or something like that. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. trust me. I, I've been in uh, many of uh, – <laughs> Many of his dark strokes, I I know what kind of pressure that 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 he can, uh, you know, generate in, in that small little space. He's his squeeze is no joke, and uh, it it's really is something to feel. Yeah. Now I know when you were out in Vegas, you've also been doing a little bit of work with the PI, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm getting a lot of uh, just a lot of testing done, just to like fully, you know, it, it's kind of weird. I've been a UFC fighter for how long, and I really haven't um, used the full UFC PIs um you know like playground of, of, of things that they can that they offer to you as as a as a fighter for them so now i'm actually like dipping my toes into everything just getting uh you know like dexa scans some blood work done and just making sure everything's all good and then uh yeah just going seeing what all those tests are and then just gonna you know base my career off of that yeah now not to in, in any way shape or form like making excuses or saying what went on before but just to be clear because we yeah. talked about this going into Derek lewis fight you just recently yeah become a full-time fighter like you just recently left yeah. the police force and became a, which i know by the way i'm glad to see you kept rocking the beard i know i told you that was a big oh, yeah. thing now yeah. you're on the police force oh, you gotta yeah. rock the beard but uh 100 yeah but but i think a lot of people kind of lose track of that is that you've basically been a full-time fighter for what like five six months now like that's literally the first time you've actually just been focused on fighting yeah yeah it, it, it's kind of crazy yeah that, that's really the, the first time in my whole career ever since I started fighting, even in the amateur days, uh, since it's been the sole focus of fighting. So, uh, you know, it, it was a little scary, a little, uh, you know, a anxiety driven in, in certain aspects, but uh, I'm definitely comfortable now and I'm, uh, I'm finding my footing with, with, with everything. How has it been in terms of, because when you're, you know, of course you're also a husband and father, you know, I know yeah. balancing time is, is a difficult thing. And I know we talked about, you know, in past interviews about like you do your, you know, you, you'd schedule your training around work and all these different things you'd have yeah. to do. How has it been like adapting to where now your focus is your family and fighting? Like you don't yeah. have that other, you know, 40 hour a week, 50 hour a week job. It's awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's really great. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's uh it's really cool. Um, I, I have my set times for my training and then it's outside of those times. It's all family. It's literally just, if I'm not at the gym, it, it's um, spending time with my family. And um, I didn't think I was going to be able to live this type of lifestyle this early in my life. Um, so it's really cool. I'm really grateful for everything that I was able to accomplish and, and get here, but um, I'm not done yet. And I'm really uh, looking forward to seeing um, the rest of my career blossom. Yeah. Now, this may sound like an obvious question, but the reality yeah. is, you know, this is the first time you're really doing it. Uh, do you yeah. feel like you become a better, better fighter, better martial artist now that you just have that to focus on now that you're not getting drawn in like four different directions? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, my sole focus is on that. It's not a, 
it's not what I have to do, you know, later that night, uh, going into work and all the quote unquote bullshit I got to deal with at work. Uh, it, it was work was a good release as far as, um, the grind of a training game of, you know, oh, I got to go to the wrestling practice or I got to go to striking practice or uh, I got to go to strength and conditioning. I got to do whatever, but you know, it was a good, um, you know, like distraction, you know, I, I could talk to my, my partner, my partner Jay at the time about his kids and stuff going on in the police department, stuff going on in the neighborhood. And it was a good little escape, but now I'm, I'm all in and uh, I'm okay with being all in. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let me go ahead and address the last fight, Chris. Of course, you know, there's no yeah. shame whatsoever in losing to a guy like Derek Lewis. We know what a monster yeah. that guy is. But I heard another interview you talked about, and again, not making excuses, but you talked about like the reality of when you actually dealt with the smaller cage being yeah. with, with Derek Lewis. And I know Dana Dana White has kind of downplayed the smaller cage. I disagree, especially when you talk about heavyweights, because when heavyweights yeah. are in there, and we saw it with Francis and Stipe, we've seen a lot of guys, when that smaller yeah. cage is in there, you don't have a lot of room to move around and work. Um, no. How much like how much of a surprise was that when you get in there, especially when you're dealing with a guy like Derek Lewis kind of chasing you around the cage? It was uh, it was definitely eye-opening. Uh, like you said, Dana White had uh, – he downplays the size of the cage. I was on that side for a while, um, obviously, until the Derek Lewis fight. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, just I, – I definitely think that um, us as heavyweights where we – you know, there's a reason why they put a lot of heavyweight fights in the smaller cage. They want to see more action. Um, I don't – now, looking back at it, I shouldn't have fought Derek in a small cage. Um you know, he was able to cut off the cage like, extremely well. Um, I kind of took like two steps back and I like fell against the cage and I was like, ah, oh, I thought I was going to have a, a little bit more room to work with. Uh, I didn't have enough room to work with and Derek knocked my ass out. So, uh, it happens. Um, but if I was to fight Derek again, I would try and, uh, fight him in a larger cage, give myself a little bit more real estate to work with. But yeah, it, it definitely plays a factor. And like my brother was, my brother was telling me before the Derek Lewis fight, he was a big proponent of, of how, the smaller cage is a totally different thing, but I just, it was all I knew until the Shamil fight when I was in the bigger cage. And then, you know, I didn't think it played as much of a factor until I fought Derek close. And then once I seen how Derek was able to back me up and cut off the ring, uh, cut off the cage, uh, in little, little steps, little steps and me not being comfortable enough in the bigger cage. And I was like, Oh, I, I guess this is all the real estate I have. And he capitalized and hats off to Derek. I mean, he's he's Derek Lewis for a reason. So, yeah. yeah. Would there say? be – I know this fight is actually, again, going to be here in Columbus and nationwide where yeah. you guys are fighting. That's a big arena. Have you found out? Like, yeah. is, I assume it's going to be the bigger cage. Uh, no, I, I haven't found out. I'm assuming that it's going to be the bigger cage strictly because that's generally what they do. It's the smaller cages for the apex. And then any kind of events outside, they generally have the bigger cage there. For, for those events. That's what uh, I'm under the assumption that it's a bigger cage. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, it's not going to be a bigger cage. So, it, you know, there's nothing I can do. I, it's not like I could be like, hey, I, I want a bigger octagon. The UFC is going to tell me to go, all right, you know what? Don't worry about it. We'll find somebody else to, to play Curtis with. So, yeah. nothing I can do. <laughs> Um, with that being said, you know, when we talked coming off the Shamil fight and then when you got the Derek Lewis news, you know, I know yeah. it was a bit of a surprise at that time. You're like, well, I didn't really see that coming, but okay. Yeah. Um, and I've had this conversation with a lot of fighters coming up and I say, you know, the, you know, do you want to take the slow and steady approach to your career or do you want to jump right in the deep end? Now, uh, you know, you, you went from Shamil, who's a legit top 10 guy and jumped in with Derek Lewis, who's a legit top three yeah. guy. Again, no shame in that. But do you do you feel like even though it was a loss, you still learned something from that? And now, because once again, you're getting another top five guy in Curtis Blades. Like, do you feel like your career trajectory is is where you want it to be? Again, I know you don't want a loss, but do you still yeah, feel like, course. hey, I'm ready to swim with those sharks? Yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, I think that you, you have to have that confidence as a as an MMA fighter, as a as a fighter in general. Um, there shouldn't be a reason why I, I don't think I can compete with the top guys in in the division. Um, you know, it's it's the way that my career has gone. Um, by whatever powers have decided to push me in those directions, that that's the direction I'm going. I'm I'm fine with with main eventing. Um, I'm fine with all eyes on me. That's what I want. That's what you know. That's what you get into the UFC to to fight the best guys in the world, to fight the best guys in your division uh, on the biggest stage. And what's a bigger stage than main eventing a UFC card? You know what I mean? 
Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's funny with with Derek Lewis. You know, going in, you know, you kind of have an idea what that guy's going to do. He's going to swing yeah. sledgehammers at you. He's going to try to knock you out. Now, I'm not going to discount that guy. You know, somewhere pulling out like a flying Goga Plata. But chances are, <laughs> yeah. you know what Derek's going to do. It's not happening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This time with Curtis Blades. Now, Curtis, to be to his credit, and I like Curtis very much. He's got knockout power. We saw him with Junior Dos Santos. Oh, yeah. He couldn't get a takedown. Knocked him out. Big win. But we also know Curtis is bread and butter. Is his wrestling, and, and he's called yeah. himself the best wrestler in the division. I don't know that I'd argue with him about that. I mean, you could put Stipe in that category as too. Of course, yeah. Stipe was a Division One wrestler, but Curtis is a nasty wrestler. Now, this is going to be that kind of matchup where you have to imagine in a five-round fight, at some point, Curtis Blades is going to be going for your legs. Now, knowing that going yeah. in, easier or harder to fight a guy like that when you kind of know at some point he's going to be going for your legs? I, I have fully accepted the fact that Curtis Blades is going to take me down. I fully accepted the fact that once we step in there, that I'm going to take it down, but I'm going to get back up. I 100% believe that I'll be able in my skill set to be able to get back up no matter how many times it takes me down. And I think that that's going to be the battle of attrition is how often I can keep him off of me, um, how many times he can get in on the legs, and if he's going to be apprehensive about getting in on my legs, on the, the big blast double he's got, if he's going to bully me into the cage, if he's going to you know, go for the single leg, any kind of trips, I think that that's going to be where the fight is won and lost is going to be who breaks first in those, in those exchanges. Yeah. When you talk about it, there's one area that, you know, as great as Curtis has been. And like I said, you know, I'm a big, big fan of Curtis and what he does. Uh, but if there's been one little bit of maybe kryptonite, let's say in his armor is setting up his shots. I don't want to get too much into yeah. game planning, but we saw it happen against Derek. He ducked yeah. his head down, didn't set up his shot. Derek made him pay for it. We saw him yeah. in the Volkov fight. He took a little bit of damage in that fight, you know, trying to get Volkov yeah. down to the ground. We know you can put damage on people, Chris, and you're also a very yeah. fast heavyweight. That's one compliment I've yeah. always paid. You're a very, very fast heavyweight. Do you feel like that's a you know that could be a you know uh, you're you're a great wrestler until you get punched in the mouth? Like that's a great defense, yeah. just punching him when he's coming in because that's been a little yeah. bit of a problem when he when he doesn't set up his shots. Yeah, yeah, it's and you know, um, I fully respect Curtis Blades as a as a wrestler, as a fighter, and the the top you know five fighter that he is. He's he's going to be making those those necessary adjustments. He's not a dumb guy. He's not he's not just thinking and you know I can just blast double everyone in the division. I, I think he's a truly smart guy and a, a truly smart martial artist. And I have to game plan and um, take into account that he's definitely you know worked on those things. He he's not a dumb guy. He doesn't come from a dumb team. Um, but yeah, I think that, um, I'm faster than him. Uh, I definitely think my hands are faster than his. I think that I'll be able to touch him up, you know, three to four times before he's even close to my legs. And, you know, I just have to, you know, move my legs, move my feet and just make sure that, you know, if he does get on my feet and get on my legs, that it is truly one of the hardest, you know, wrestling exchanges that he's ever experienced. Yeah. You know, when you when you first come into UFC, Chris, you get a couple of big wins. Immediately, all eyeballs go on you, and you start being like a guy that we all watch and say, wow, let's see what Chris Dawkins could do. Um, you yeah. go into the Derek Lewis fight, as a, again, as an underdog, understandably, yeah. because all of Derek's done. This is the second course. fight in the row where you're going to probably be a bit of an underdog. Curtis is a guy who's always yeah. been – he seems like he's always been one fight, one win away from a title shot, top three, top yeah. four guy in the world. You know, a lot of resume there. Uh, do you yeah. like that? Like, do you prefer one way or the other? Like, I, I don't think it matters <clears throat> in the fight itself, but, like, in terms of, like, do you like being the underdog? I know Philly people, and I'm always saying this because yeah. I know Philly people. Like, Philly is like a hard-nosed, blue-collar town. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I feel like everyone That's there us. in Philadelphia is like, count us out. Count us out. Yeah. Is there is there yeah. a little bit of that, like, motivation in a fight like this that you <clears throat> will be a bit of an underdog? Yeah, there, there, there's always that that kind of motivation. I, I that's just something that I like to take into fights. Um, no matter even if I'm truly the the favorite, um, you know, I just think that that's just the way that my mentality works. That's the way that I've, I'm a fighter. I, I was saying this, you know, when I was still a cop and I was fighting Alexia Link. I'm, I, I'm not supposed to be in the UFC. You know, I'm just a, some Philly cop who fights who fights when he can, and I'm just, you know, I'm just here for like a, a quick thing. I'm, I'm, but I'm. I'm enjoying this. I'm, I'm the underdog. That, that's what, that's what I like. I like proving people wrong. And you know, my fans, if I can make them a bit of money, I can make them a bit of money. I'm fine with that. So. Yeah. In a way, you know, where we're at in the heavyweight division. And of course your sole focus is Curtis blades. But when you look at that, like yeah. top five of the division, you know, it's been, 
a lot of the same top five guys for at least a year or two now. When you look at Stipe, yeah. you look at, of course, Francis, you look at, uh, you know, Curtis, you look at Derek and, and things like that. And again, they've all earned their spots there. But now recently yeah. we've seen some movement here. Of course, Surreal Gone coming in was a big arrival. You know, yourself, Tom Aspinall. Um, yeah. and, and, and now we saw what Ty Tuivasa got a big win over Derek yeah. Lewis. Credit to him. Do you feel like this is a chance to kind of, you know, shake up the division even more to put yourself in that conversation? Because we're starting to see some guys who haven't been there yet. And I, again, I, I give credit to, you know, guys like Stipe, who is, you know, arguably the greatest heavyweight of all time, but like getting, yeah. I think that fresh blood, that new blood here, Israel Adesanya talk about that. Like, I want new blood. I want new fresh blood. Is there yeah. a little bit of that for you? Like you go to beat Curtis blades. You do get to kind of join that group of guys at that top of that division who haven't been there before. Yeah. And, and I think that that's what's, uh, what's makes kind of the, the heavyweight division, you know, more exciting than, than it already is. You know, the, it's, let's be honest, the, the UFC heavyweight division, um, historically has been an older division, uh, guys who've, been around long enough they generally like you were saying that they've been there so if, if i'm ranked number two i'm going to be there for a year year and a half maybe two years just because that's the way that the rankings play out <coughs> excuse me um and it's really good that we have these new core you know batch of guys who are making a splash because now it, it churns everything up it's making it's making big waves for everyone and uh, to see the the upcoming matchups and to see you know who wins what and where they fall and, and you know how the, the matchmaking plays out. It, it's going to be really, uh, really fun. Yeah. I'm curious, you know, Chris, because we've talked about the lay of the land of heavyweight <coughs> before. And again, your focus is Curtis. You're not really thinking about yeah. title shots and things like that. But if there's one, there's been <coughs> one issue, and I had a conversation with Curtis about this before your fight got announced. There's been one issue in the heavyweight division. It's been a little bit of stagnation at the top. You know, when Stipe was the yeah. champion, you know, he wasn't fighting often. Now, I don't know that that's Stipe's fault. I'm just saying, like, in terms of activity. And then he got locked yeah. into the trilogy with DC. Then you had the rematch with Francis. Now Francis is out for probably until next year with the knee surgery. Yeah. I know there's a contract yeah. situation. Not going to get into that. But, again, this <laughs> doesn't necessarily affect you. But in a way, it does because the ultimate goal is to get into title contention. Like, how much yeah. do you pay attention when you see, like – I don't know. It's like, it's been like four years now where there's been like three guys who have fought for the title. It's kind of weird when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely kind of crazy. Um, generally, I don't think about that until uh, after a fight to see where I land and, and to see where, where everything is going to, you know, shake up. Um, because like you said, like Francis is, he's out at least, I think I, I read a report. He's out at least 10 months um, with just the surgery. So you got to think he's out for a full year with, you know, rehab, getting everything back and then training camp. So he's going to be out for at least year. They might do the interim, but then it, it all goes up in the air as far as, you know, who deserves, who deserves a title shot, um, you know, and then there's going to be people holding out for fights because they think that they're rightfully earned a, a title shot from previous fights. And then that just creates more of a, a bottleneck at the top. You know what I mean? And um, <clears throat> obviously <clears throat> I don't have anything to say about that. I just have to fight you know, whoever they put in front of me. Um, and I'm going to keep fighting whoever they put in front of me until I can get to, to that position where I can say, no, I'm not fighting. I want to fight for a title. Or, you know, I would rather fight for an interim title and then I'll go fight for the title. But it just sucks. Like, you know, it's like you were saying with Izzy, he wants new blood. We People as viewers want more, you know, not really necessarily a changing of hands, but more, more fights, you know, I mean, People love watching heavyweights. Why can't we, you know, have a heavyweight champ who fights two to three times a year? You know what I mean? That'd be awesome. Um, I just really hope that the division clears out, not necessarily clears out, but kind of streamlines itself into where we can start getting new people in the title contention and people are earning their spots rightfully. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just feels like a long time since we've had that. You know what I mean? When you think about like, yeah. you look at like, again, Adesanya is a good, good example of that. Like he likes to stay busy. You look at yeah. Kamar Usman, three fights last year. Like, you know, you like yeah. to, and, and a big part of your fast rise in the heavyweight division was how active you were. You know, you, you were able to yeah. book fights every couple of three months and stay active and you made yeah. that quick rise. Now you're in a little yeah. different position now because you're in main events, five rounds, a little tougher. Yeah. I understand that. But even now fought in December, you're fighting in March. Like you're getting that quick turnaround. Yeah. And unfortunately we just haven't seen, and again, Francis getting injured. That's of course out of his, his ability. And I know talking to Francis, Correct. like he was frustrated too. After he beat Jarzinho, he's like, I want to fight. I want to stay active. Yeah. And they just weren't, but I imagine that's like, you want everyone like, come on, like get two title defenses in a year. Like get, get the division yeah. moving. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's my thing. Like I, I, 
this is my career now. This is what I want to do. I want to work. I, I want to, to fight. I, I want to put on shows for people. I, I want to win. And obviously I want to get paid. Um, so th that's why I, I want to stay active. You know, I, I don't want to take these long breaks. Um, I think it plays a major factor as far as your comfortability inside that octagon. Um, you know, you know, the whole thing about ring rust, I, I don't think ring rust is a thing, but those, you know, just the, the nerves of fight week. And when you can do things, you know, every three months, as opposed to every eight months, I think that that, that, that's definitely a, a major factor that, you know, if, if you're, you know, performing every three months that it'll, it'll definitely be in your favor as opposed to you performing every eight months. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Before I get you out of here, Chris, I mentioned at the top, uh, you have officially uh, got the non-policeman's beard kicking. How's the wife digging the oh, beard? Yeah. Is she liking it? She loves the beard. She loves the beard. <laughs> she uh, she said, as long as I'm alive, there's going to be no more no more clean shave. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be really good. It's weird. I, I grew a beard years ago, and I, I don't have quite the epic beard that you have. But when I grew a beard years ago, like, it's so, like, if you ever, like, now if you ever shave, you're going to not recognize yourself. Because it looks so, like, once you yeah. get used to it, it looks so weird not to yeah. have a beard. I know. And it, it's really cool because, uh. My son has known me for like a little bit of like clean shave face, but my, my wife's doing June. Um, so I'm going to have a daughter. So it's going to be interesting to see like when she comes and when she gets a little, I might shave it and then film their reactions to see if they recognize me or if they're like not about it. So it, it's definitely going to be something that uh, I definitely want to do later. Oh, in life. There you go. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank uh, you, you, got, you gotta you gotta be happy booking a fight in march then so you're not getting too close to the due date or anything <laughs> well that's a, that's the thing like that, that's what we were trying to figure out we're like all right when's the next fight coming in march and uh if everything goes to plan uh don't come out with any you know major injuries i'm gonna try and squeeze one in right before the baby's born so uh yeah so if i get the the win in march um bearing no like major injuries or anything that keeps me out for a while I'm going to get looked to be back in there before June. And then, uh, you know, baby comes, take some time and just enjoy the, the rest of the year. Yeah. Now I know when you fight, you know, you always, you know, you're always in your brother's corner, your brother's in your yeah. corner. I get all that. This one's a little closer to home. I know Phil, like I said, Philly's not next door to Columbus, but uh, yeah. do you, do you like, does your family come to the fights or do you not, do you not want that distraction during fight week? How do you deal with like, Cause this one's a little closer. to uh, home. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's definitely a little closer to home. Um, to me, um, I'm kind of a, uh, you know, like isolated during fight week. I, I, I don't like to, to be like around my family and stuff. I'd rather just be around, uh, my brother and my teammates and stuff like that. My coach, um, but they can show up to the fight. It's fine with me. And then we'll, we'll go hang out after the fight. But as far as like seeing, seeing family members and everything before the fight, I don't do that. I, I think that's a distraction, um, a, a distraction for me that that's, that's just how it is. I know some fighters, they, they see their family right up until, um, you know, the right before they, they go to the arena. I know some people have wives, girlfriends, whatever, um, spouses in their corner that, that that's whatever they're comfortable with. I just, I, I can't do that. Um, but if they want to make the trip, they can make the trip. So big yeah. deal. Uh, yeah. Would so. that, would that ever, cause I've been to a couple, I've been to, I think I've been to every UFC card in Philadelphia. I love Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Uh, great yeah. arena, great fans out there. Uh, would that yeah. ever prevent you from wanting to fight in Philly? Cause I know some people like I've talked, I remember talking to Rich Franklin when he had a fight in Cincinnati and he's like, it's great yeah. on the surface, but when you start looking at all the other things like family, friends, people asking for tickets, he's like, yeah. I, I don't like it. He's like, I'd rather fight in like yeah. Vegas or somewhere else. Again, I, you know, you, I'm sure yeah. the UFC came calling and said, Hey, you want a headline a card in philadelphia it'd be a great honor but would yeah. that make you like hesitate a little bit just because you i mean it's, it's uh, avoidable at that point yeah yeah it, it's definitely it's definitely something that uh i mean even if i wasn't headlining the card people would still be hitting you up for tickets and all that crazy stuff um it's it's something that i would definitely do um i really look forward to the next time the ufc comes back to philly especially since we have a bunch of philly guys who are now in the UFC and are definitely can, you know, pack a, uh, a main card. Um, but I generally like fighting away from home. I think that that, that plays into a factor of, of my mentality as far as going into a fight um, as being, um, I'm so focused on the task at hand, which is, which is the fight. I'm not, I'm not being dad. You know what I mean? Like for, for that week, I'm, I'm not, I'm not dad. I'm, I'm not husband. Now, granted, I'm, I'm FaceTiming my wife. I'm FaceTiming my son. I'm, I'm, you know, in their lives and everything like that, but I'm not, you know, doing the other things that I think would uh, necessarily take my mind away from, from the actual plate.
Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Chris, I'm excited to see you back in action. I, I say this to you because you're a heavyweight. You're coming to Columbus. Yeah. You need advice on where to eat, anything like that in Columbus. Please, yes. Let me know yes, because you, where you guys are going to be at, there's a lot of good places. And I say this because you're not going to be cutting weight. So <laughs> nope. I'll be good. Any, anybody else in the card, I'm like, I can't tell you about this kind of stuff. So it's just going to make you please. angry because you're going to be going through a weight cut. Please. So uh, you need please. advice just or anything on where to go. Yeah, if you need anything like that, please let me know. But uh, Absolutely. Uh, uh, thank you so much as always for the time. Of course, have a good training camp, man. Safe travels you, out here to Columbus and uh, look forward to seeing you on March 26th. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate the time. Thanks, man. I right, talk to you soon. All right, brother. I'll talk to you. Bye-bye. Later. A big thank you again to Chris Dawkins for stopping by the show. We really appreciate it. Of course, he will be taking on Curtis Blaze this Saturday night at UFC Columbus in Nationwide Arena. I'm excited to be at this show. It's actually my first UFC live event in about three years. I haven't been to a UFC show in a long time. Uh, I don't really travel that much anymore. Back in my old job, I traveled all the time. I was on the road about two weeks out of every month. And so I've been to hundreds of UFC shows over the years. So it's actually been a little while since I've been traveling. But uh, this one, I technically won't be traveling because this is a home show. It's about 10 minutes from my house to go to UFC, uh, to go to UFC Columbus at Nationwide Arena. So look forward to that this week. And of course, we'll be back next Monday or excuse me, next Tuesday with another edition of the fighter versus the writer. So make sure you're here for that. Uh, you can check us out on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Apple podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, all the different podcast platforms. And of course you can always find us over on MMAfighting.com. A big thank you as always for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week for another edition of the fighter versus the writer. See you then. Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.